Pulpa Barstool. Welcome to the first ever edition of the Social Media Pubcast in 2014. Ready to get at it. Uh, if you've been listening to uh, the show up until now, I don't think we're making any major changes. We're going to keep doing what's working. So uh, today, I'm going to talk about some things. Uh, I just got back from Las Vegas at uh, NMX, at a great conference. I'll talk about that briefly. Do a little bit reflecting uh, on, the, on the previous year, previous couple years, before we head into some goals that I want you to set for 2014. All right? Um, just a real quick note before we get going here. Um, not, not a lot of people know this, that you can actually have one-on-one help from me. So I actually um, no longer take any new clients, right? I don't take on any clients, client work at all anymore. So I can focus entirely on my products and helping as many people as I possibly can. And one way I can help people is through the one-on-one coaching sessions. So what this is, is just, you know, you can, you can book a time with me, 45 minutes, and we'll have a, a video Skype session. And before that, you'll complete a questionnaire. All that would be explained for you. Um, but it's really, you know, it's a really kind of personal thing. And we can go through everything that's bothering you, um, you know, any obstacles you're having. And I can give you some suggestions, even do some screen sharing, showing how I can help you. So if you want to learn more about that, just go to johnlimmer.com slash coach. As always, if you have any questions, just give me a shout. All right. You ready for this? Pop a bottle. Let's do it. Hey, everybody. John here from JohnLumer.com and John Limmer Digital on Facebook. Here with the first edition of 2014 of the Social Media Pubcast, where I invite you to the virtual pub and we get drunk on social media. Boy, what are we going to do today? Uh, Well, first of all, what are you drinking, my friend? Because uh, you know the rules. If, if you're going to be on the podcast, you know, maybe you're jogging on the, on the treadmill or something and drinking a beer might not make a whole lot of sense. So in that case, you're forgiven. Uh, but otherwise, make sure you make a quick dash to the fridge and I'll wait for you. Me? I'm working on a Hales Ales, O'Brien's Harvest Ale. Brewed from pure, purest malt and hops, it says. So, uh, raise a glass. Cheers. All right, so I'm just back from Las Vegas. The NMX Conference New Media Expo, once known as uh, Blog World. And it's funny, because uh, I don't go to a lot of conferences. And this is actually a conference that I went to back in one of its first years. Uh, I believe it was 2009, and uh, it was still Vegas then. And um, you know, and I had a good time. It was, it was like a three day deal, it was Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Um, and for me, I mean, we all I think attack these things in a different way, uh, get something out different out of it. But um, for for me, you know, I, I go to a lot of the sessions, but it's not a matter of I've got to see how many sessions I go to and how many notes I can take. Um, part of the thing with the sessions, I learn a lot uh, from the speakers 
terms of how they present themselves. Because this is something I'm still trying to figure out. Um, I'm still kind of bracing for my, my big uh, speaking opportunity in uh, San Diego coming up in March uh, for the uh, social media marketing world. So that's the biggest one I've ever had yet. So I'm learning a lot from people at a conference like this um, in terms of you know how I can conduct myself up there in front of a lot of people and um, keep everybody engaged. And so, you know, a few th- Ian Cleary, funny, funny guy, um, good friend of mine. He had some really good tricks that, that he used just with humor and getting people to clap just for the heck of it. Uh, uh, it was fun. And um, so, I mean, that was kind of his approach was, was using humor and uh, another one, though, Chris Ducker, I think, was one of my favorites as well. And I guess it, it basically the, the key was to have some sort of uh, accent, because both of them do. But um, uh, it, uh, Chris, Chris Ducker, I believe he has an Australian accent and lives in the Philippines. I could be off on that. Ian Cleary, uh, my friend from Ireland. But anyway, Chris Ducker's approach was more human, right? So kind of, um, I, I know, kind of tugged at the heartstrings of parents and, you know, talking about why we do what we do and um, really well organized. And um, there was at no time did I feel like he was winging it and um, just very well delivered. Like each, it's like, like singing, right? Each individual note, it's almost like it was planned, but it wasn't over-rehearsed. And so whenever I see people like that talk, um, and another example who wasn't at, th- at this particular conference, but someone who I learned a lot from, Marcus Sheridan, um, in the same way, I always come out of that thinking, oh man, <laughs> I should do this a whole lot differently. And it's a little dangerous though too, because I um I'm not them. So uh, I think we, we can take bits and pieces and learn something. Um, probably shouldn't try to be them because we're not. But um, anyway, it, it made me, uh, it gave me some good ideas though. And, um, and for a guy who's still kind of find, trying to find his way with public speaking, it's absolutely useful. So that's the first thing I get out of it. Um, but additionally, it's just, oh man, seeing the people. Right, look, I'm not, I am, and I'll use Ian again as an example. Ian, I, I was talking to him at one point. I was like, dude, how, how many uh, business cards you got? He's like, oh, over 100 in his Irish accent. Uh, me, I'm not that kind of guy. I, and, and I'm almost, <laughs> I want to say socially awkward, but I can be at times, right? Um, I don't like inter- interrupting people I don't know when they're talking to, to other people I don't know. It's just uncomfortable stuff, especially with the the more um, well-known people, the popular people, it, which is kind of, I was talking to Mike Stelzner, uh, social media examiner, and he's like, he asked me, you know, what, what, what do you want to get out of this? Who do you want to talk, talk to? I said, you know, that's kind of a difficult question because there's certain people I'd love to talk to, but I also don't want to be that guy, and I know there are going to be swarms of people, and sometimes... The most popular people, um, you know, it you're going to be disappointed in what you get out of it, and there's not a whole lot, you know. It's like 
you can be rushed through the line and you're not gonna get as much out of that as opposed to um, someone who's you know on the, the, the normal folks level but anyway when I said that I, I saw Chris Brogan standing in the background and like you know a guy like Chris Brogan but you know I don't really want to I'm not I'm not one of those people who's like a, a raving fan of people like we're all people right so um, but I also respect people's time and I know it whatever I, this is just making excuses for, for not being, putting myself in uncomfortable situations, I'm sure. But anyway, Mike, of course, who knows everybody, just immediately then uh, walks us up to Chris and introduces me, and that was awesome. So Chris, great dude. I mean, really down to earth. And um, so, so yeah, I mean, meeting people, but I'm also not the social butterfly, so I don't feel like I have to meet everybody. Um, I don't feel like I have to meet all the big names. And, and this really kind of goes back to the where my career has come and the path that's gone on as it is. Um, I have a very tight group of people I trust. Uh, I don't I don't uh, consider myself a good friend of a lot of people, but though that tight group um, is really, really important to me. So I feel like and this is I wouldn't say this is intentional. I, I just I always seem to know, the right people, but not a lot of people, if that makes any sense. Um, so, I mean, an example, and actually at this conference, it's my friend, friend Matthew Barry from the, from ESPN, who he really led to a lot of this stuff that I'm at today in a very strange roundabout way. Um, don't need to completely retell my whole story, but I mean, he and I started in just writing in fantasy sports in like late, 99, 2000-ish, and uh, he eventually led to me working for the NBA, which that led to me uh, discovering Facebook, I say discovering, working, doing something with Facebook for the first time, feeling comfortable with it, Um, but also led me to my boss there, who led me to another job, but it's just a strange path, but it hasn't been a, a, like, when you look at the branches of my tree, of my network, it's there, there aren't like hundreds of branches on there. Um, just some very important, strong branches that kind of led me along the way. So, so I, I guess that it's important to uh, for me to, to explain that because I don't, I don't want you to think that there's only one path and one of them is to network with thousands of people. Um, it's not the way I've done it. And um, granted, I may need to alter my approach somewhat because part of that is just not being all that comfortable uh, meeting a lot of new people. But uh, it it definitely works as well. Just having a very tight group of people you trust as well. So anyway, um, that that was really my my time in in Las Vegas. Um, I, I probably enjoyed a few too many beverages but I had a good time which is why I'm glad I'm recording tonight at close to midnight instead of like 11 in the morning when I normally do just seems more appropriate if I'm gonna have a beer um, not to be early in the morning I had, I had a little recovery time in there but um, if you're listening and I'm and I met you in Las Vegas saw you there uh, it was a blast thank you so much for, for um, sharing it with me um, Really good time. So raise a glass. Cheers. All right. So one of the things that you know I've been thinking a lot about lately, 
and I think everybody is, is how, you know, what are we going to do in 2014? What's the big splash, right? Um, how are we going to be successful? And, you know, I'm setting up some of my own personal goals. And, you know, a lot of that, uh, you know, I'll keep to myself. But um, I also think about, okay, what what does success look like in terms of Facebook? And why is it seen that it, it's so hard to attain for so many people? And, and to me, I think... Um, it's really pretty obvious to me why so many people fail there. Um, I mean, I, first of all, when you got a platform like that where everybody is there, you, I, th- I think you're just more likely to end up with a lot of people who don't know what they're doing, especially if you've got something that's complicated in the way that Facebook is. Um, kind of the flip side of that, I've been experimenting with, with Twitter ads lately, Really pretty simple, basic stuff. I'm not going to say I haven't figured it out yet. I definitely don't. But it's not going to take that long to figure it out or have a really good sense of, of what you're doing with it and whether it's going to be successful. Facebook, on the other hand, you could spend weeks, months, and whatever, advertising and doing everything with Facebook, and you're just scratching the surface, and you can't make any true judgments. So I think one of the big problems is it is just so overwhelming. And... There are so many things you can do that many people don't even realize you can do. Um, And even if they do know that it's out there, they don't know how to do it. They don't know where to start. So um, that's why one of the things I want to do today, um, it's actually a a blog post I I wrote recently, but I want to dig into a little bit more today, was, you know, if there are 14 things you're going to do with Facebook marketing this year, do these 14 things. So so at least you can be a little bit more focused. Um, it's, consider it your checklist for the upcoming year. Okay? So it, maybe it, it won't be quite as overwhelming for you. And you'll know where to start. Okay? So, so let's start from the top here. Um, number one. Now, this is kind of crazy saying this now, considering where we've come from um, on this topic but share more frequently. And this is something I even have to remind myself uh, of. Because, and again, you don't, I don't want you to share for the sake of sharing. And I know a ton of that's out there. And it drives me crazy and I hate it. All right. It, it don't, don't share fluff. Don't just, and I'm saying, you know, occasionally you share stuff that's just going to get engagement. Um, and that's fine. But don't make it core to your, your strategy where it's like two, three, four times a day is just fluff. Um, it's, it's annoying. It's annoying to, and it's not just to me, but to most people. Um, so anyway, share more frequently if it has value. Okay. So, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about organic reach, but it's not just reach. It's, you know, if you want to get more results, um, share more of your stuff because your fans aren't on 24 hours a day. They're not on every day. So share two, three, four, five, six, seriously, there are some people you could share 10, 15 times a day, and some do, and they're very successful at it. But you have to have the content, you have to have the value to support it, okay? So hopefully you've been building that value, but um, if you haven't yet, it's time to start putting it together 
um, you know, t- determine what is that content you can share, put together a plan. Um, and, and part of that could be, you know, sharing old content. I know I need to start sharing more content of others. I, I just I need to make more of an effort um, at doing that. It's good for networking, too. Um, but just in general, it's, it's I've heard rumblings that Facebook uh, may frown upon you sharing links to your own site repeatedly. And, and that's it. So it's something I should consider as well. Um, but so so share more frequently, though. That, that's number one. And if it means scheduling, if it means tools like Post Planner, for example, I use, but you can use whatever you want. Um, do that. Uh, Post Planner also has some great tools in there for uh, content discovery. Uh, but you need a plan, though, too. So start scheduling this stuff out. Don't just wing it and think to yourself, okay, what can we do? Can we do three times a day, four times a day? What is it? But I want it to be more than it was in 2013. Okay, number two, establish a Facebook sales funnel. This is a big one, big one, big one, big one. I hear so many people talking about how uh, Facebook ads don't work or they're not making any money on Facebook or whatever it is. And it often comes to this one. Okay, now I understand all businesses are different. And this doesn't, what I use here, my Facebook sales funnel doesn't work for every business model. But um, it will work for most. And it, and if it doesn't work for you, yes, it is going to be difficult, right? Do it the other way. So let me explain. The basic Facebook sales funnel is number one. Bring in highly relevant Facebook fans who are going to care about your content. Number two, provide highly valuable content to them on a regular basis. And we'll get to, we'll dig into these a little bit more in a second. Number three, get them to subscribe to your email list. And then number four, sell. Okay, so let me explain a little bit why we're going about it this way. If you try to uh, sell to non-fans, it's, you're going to find it's more difficult, okay? Um, it's, just, it's just common sense, right? Th- these people are not searching out uh, your product, right? Uh, so if they don't know who you are, if they don't trust you, they're much less likely to buy. It's just, it just makes sense. Uh, number two, even if uh, they are fans, if all you do is try to sell to them, they're not going to buy Okay, so again, it's a matter of providing, you got to make sure you have that step in there, provide regular value on a consistent basis, be conversational, have a pulse, be a person, and then when you are ready to sell something, many of them will be ready to buy. But um, before we get to that selling portion, it's important as well at some point in this process to collect an email address. Okay, and the reason for that is because, and I've said this repeatedly, but I don't think enough people listen. It's not, your Facebook ads by themselves, um, if, if that's all you use to sell, you're at a disadvantage, okay? You should never use just one medium to sell. So when I launch a new product, I'm going to do a few things. I'm going to um, write a blog post. I'm going to 
you know, promote on Facebook and Twitter and wherever, link, wherever else. I don't, I don't do a whole lot of LinkedIn, but you know the big one, email, okay? I'm going to send them an email. So hopefully I already have these people's email who are also my Facebook fans. So I'll send them that email. They may or may not open it, but they may see that title. And if they open it, they may not buy, but they are now aware of what it is. And then when I share organically to Facebook, it's reinforcement. And then when I turn it to an ad, again, again, and again, they're going to see it a few more times. So that's why all these things working together leads to the sale and why, you know, when I launched my first training course that month, I got a 39 times ROI. Okay. So really, really important to attack it that way with the sales funnel. All right. We need a quick break. Let's have a drink. Cheers. All right. So number three, target email subscribers with link shares. Now, um, every single, again, you have your own approach, your own strategy, but I want you to try this. Every single time I promote, uh, excuse me, I I publish a new blog post, uh, I share it organically to my fans, but of course, it's only going to reach a certain number of them. And then I create an ad, and depending on, number one, uh, uh, what I expect, uh, how how I expect people to react to it, and number two, um, depending on, you know, the results, the early results that I see, I may uh, promote it to non-fans in the newsfeed, but that's, I don't say rare, I'd probably be like one out of 10 blog posts I will promote to non-fans, okay? But if it's two, uh, but if but it's my regular blog post, I'm going to create either one or two campaigns. Um, again, this is up to you. You experiment with this because I've found that if I put both these ads into one campaign, sometimes it only shows one of the ads, so... Let me be clear about that. Uh, but anyway, I promote to fans, and then I promote to email subscribers who are not fans, right? So this is something that's often neglected. If you're going to like, oh, I want to reach the people who care most about my content, so I post to my fans. Well, you're forgetting some people. Make sure you hit your email subscribers as well. So um, as I was getting at you may want to consider putting that email subscriber again, and you use custom audiences to do this. I hope you know that. Um, but you'll want to put that email subscriber uh, ad potentially in its own campaign um, because the one target at fans is probably going to get the vast majority of uh, the impressions. Okay, but that's uh, number three: target email subscribers subscribers with link shares. Try that out. Number four, retarget website visitors. So what I often hear, um, again, when, when you talk about um, you know who your audience is on Facebook, all I hear about is your fans. So you also often forget about your email subscribers that you can target with custom audiences. But what about FBX? What about website retargeting, right? So what this means is people who have visited your website you can then target them in Facebook ads when they return to Facebook. And, you know, you could get really sophisticated here and craft your copy and imagery depending on the page of your site that they're on or the section. But we're not even going to dig into all that. 
But the main point here is you can reach people who aren't even your fans, who aren't even on your email list, but simply visited your website with a Facebook ad. It's just one more way to reach an extremely relevant audience. So um, I encourage you, in 2014, try out FBX. And um, there will be a link, hopefully, in my show notes um, to uh, try out FBX with Perfect Audience. But otherwise, you can just go to perfectaudience.com. I believe that's how, how to get there to uh, get started. All right, number five. Now, I often hear people ask, you know, why are you still using Power Editor? The uh, self-serve ad tools getting a whole lot better. Pretty much all the functionality. The Power Editor is in uh, uh, self-serve ad tool now. But it's not entirely true. And now, if you only want to create one ad, um, in some cases, self-serve ad tool is fine. Okay? But... A really good example of how important Power Editor is is with saved target groups and how that saves a ton of time, right? So, for example, and let me explain what saved target group is. You can save all of your targeting. So let's say, okay, and with me, when I when I create ads to target non fans, um, I create five separate ads in most cases, unless I need to split test some other stuff. To target five different groups of people. And that's not really simple groups of people. We're talking about one that's targeted at a, a list of similar pages and interests that people like. Another one that's targeted at um, look like audiences based on reach. And then when you do that, I've got to input every single look like audience by country and also put in all the countries within that other targeting area. Um, so that takes a lot of work too. And then there's lookalike audiences by similarity. And then I cross those with the similar pages and interests. So there's a whole lot of inputting going on. And it's easy to forget what I put in here and there as well. So what I do is I save those with the save target group. Now all you do is select it, select your save target group and power editor, and boom, autofills nice and easy. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's great for one ad. Even better when you got to do two, three, four, five, or more ads. It's awesome. Saves you a ton of time. So do that, please. Create a save target group in Power Editor. Number six, um, try optimize CPM again. Okay, it's funny because I feel like I've been recommending this every single day, multiple times, because I think people have gotten away from it, um, and I think I know why. And hell, I could even be part of the problem from a year, year and a half ago when, uh, when Optimized CPM first came out. Um, on the surface, there would appear to be problems with Optimized CPM because it is always very expensive in terms of that cost per 1,000 impressions. So you look at it and you're like, you know, you compare Optimized CPM to CPM and CPC and you look at it just in terms of the cost per 1,000 impressions. And it seems like it just doesn't make any sense to use optimized CPM. But that's because, you know, we've been focusing on the wrong metrics. And um, what I find repeatedly, repeatedly, is that optimized CPM is the way to go. And there are two main reasons for that. The first is that um, when you use CPM and CPC, 
I often have, even when I bid at the high end, I often have issues with reaching my daily budget. When you think about it, it actually makes sense. Okay, um, optimized CPM is dynamic. So Facebook automatically up, um, adjusts your bid to, to be, sh- be shown. And so who do you think you are beating out to be shown? You're going to be beating out those people who have a fixed bid at, in CPM or CPC, right? So those people will almost always be shown less frequently or in less prime positions uh, on the news feed or on the sidebar because you're beating them out with that optimized CPM. And as a result, you're always going to hit your budget. Um, you're going to hit your budget because it's more expensive as well, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but the second thing is, optimized CPM means Facebook's optimizing to show to people most likely to perform a des- desired action. Okay, so even if it's more expensive per thousand impressions, um, you it should get better results, and it does. I see it over and over and over again. So focus on what the cost per desired action is. Don't take my word for it, though. Try it out. Split test it against CPM and CPC, but focus on that cost per desired action, not like not the click-through rate, not, not the cost per click, not the C, actual CPM that's resulting. Um, the, the most important stats, focus on those. All right, now number seven, we're halfway there. Try the sidebar again, okay? The sidebar is another one, and I'm again guilty of this, that we had been told over and over is a waste of time and money. Um, because people, it's noise to people and they just don't click anymore. Well, that's not entirely true. They do click. They don't click that often, but they don't need to because it is so incredibly cheap over there. And I've found that it's a 20th of the price of my newsfeed and it's a 50th of the price of mobile in terms of cost per thousand impressions. Um, so it doesn't have to get as many clicks at the same rate. It just needs to have, again, um, a lower cost per desired action. So once again, now, and, and I'm guilty of this. When I, when I target my fans only with a promoted post, I don't show it in the sidebar. I just show it in the newsfeed. And sometimes I just show it in the desktop newsfeed. But if it's a product, get in the habit of including the sidebar. In fact, I highly recommend you optimize to create an ad specifically for sidebar because you don't want the copy to cut off. You want the imagery to be right for that area Um, and then uh, to get your best results. Okay, so try it out. Number eight, we're cruising now. Track conversions, people. Can we please do this? I mean, we've gotten to the point now where um, we can't because we can't act like we don't know this is possible anymore, right? Um, when you're measuring success, if you're trying to sell something, don't say, well, you know, my sales didn't go up during this time, so I know it didn't work. That doesn't mean anything. Maybe the sales dropped in other areas of your business and Facebook actually helped, but you don't know if you're not tracking conversions. So use conversion tracking, please, Okay. Number nine, create an online offer. Now, this doesn't apply to everybody, but it can still be done. 
Um, I do it in Power Editor. It can be done in uh, the self-serve ad tool, but it can't be done from your page. The regular offers are for in-store offers. But these online offers, if you have a product and you're an online business like me, you, you, need, you should try this. Because uh, when I tried it on uh, Cyber Monday, um, and I, I documented this before, but I had a 9.5 times ROI, did really, really well. And that was within a very short period of time. I mean, it ran for four, less than 14 hours, threw it together, had a very high CPM because of that and uh, how much I spent and probably because of the competition I was seeing as well. But I still came out way, way, way ahead. So uh, definitely try those online offers. Number 10, create a saved Facebook ad report. Please, 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 please. Um, Because you can be doing all the right things otherwise. If you're not using these Facebook ad reports, you don't see the whole picture. Okay, so and, and I've covered, you know, why these are awesome before. But within the Facebook ad reports, you can break down um, what your cost per whatever it is, conversion, page like, whatever, depending on whether male, female saw it, depending on their age group, Facebook will automatically break that down, depending on their country, depending whether it was in sidebar, desktop newsfeed, mobile newsfeed. When you see those results, you can trim away what's not working and then start optimizing for what is. So an absolutely critical part of your toolbox, if you're a Facebook advertiser, Facebook marketer, is using those uh, Facebook ad reports. So I want you to not only use it, but save one so you have easy uh, access to it later. You even email them to you. All right, number 11, confirm referral traffic in Google Analytics. So look, I completely get that, um, you know, even when you dig into the stats, into Facebook's stats, uh, especially link clicks, sometimes I'm not real sure if it's accurate, especially when I'm trying to compare. Now I'm going to, I was going to get you this a little bit here uh, a little later, but comparing link shares to photo and text shares that include a link in them, how many link clicks resulted, right? Um, but what you can do is use Google Analytics and um, URL parameters. So when you share a link to your Facebook page and people click them and um, go to your website, you can um, set up goals and, and whatnot through, through uh, Google Analytics to track not only how many people came from Facebook, but how many people came from Facebook from that link, that specific link that you shared because it's gonna be different because you're using URL parameters and yes you can use bit.ly and stuff like that I don't I've never trusted bit.ly personally um, I mean this goes way back to stuff I used to hear th- like three years ago about it but um, yeah you can use that too but I would first trust Google, um, Google URL parameters granted you may need to use bit.ly in some cases uh, for example, if you're going to share it within a text update or a photo share, because the Google uh, using the URL parameters is going to look ridiculous in there. But uh, anyway, point being, um, test, double test, double check your stats 
to see what is actually happening because this is again an example when people freak out about stats being down just make sure you double check in and you know the stats actually are down and things are actually happening that you think are happening okay that leads us to number 12 really nicely download your post level export uh, just make this a goal you know it, I, this is going this is assuming now that you're not in my insights course um, if you aren't maybe get in it but um, if you're in your insights in my insights course I know you're doing this already so you can skip skip ahead but um, there's so much great data buried within the post level export that you can't get within the web insights and you're missing it um, so all you got to do is go into your web insights and click on the export data button I think it's or just maybe export button I can't remember now and get your there's a page level export as well but I want to focus on the post level this is where the most valuable data is we can really break down what's happening there and I like to break it down by like get as much data as you can up to 150 days ignore everything within the most recent two weeks because it's not complete and that's when people freak out the most because they're like it's down from week to week well yes of course it's down because the stats from three weeks ago is complete and the stats from this week aren't so yeah it's down so um so absolutely number 12 download your post level export start poking around in there learning things like how many link clicks you're getting consumers consumptions look closely at stories and talking about this they're still in there and your fan only data which is in there as well that is often missed number 13 and uh, I was kind of getting getting to this a second ago compare click data link click data based on post type okay so up until now um, you can play dumb, right? Right? And we've all done this to a point. You're like, you hear you should do things a certain way, so you do it. But we don't necessarily use our own heads and our own stats to say, yes, this is the right thing to do. So, I mean, this has been going on for over a year now where people have been using text updates or photo updates to share links. And they do that... Um, and the two main reasons, one is the big one, is to get more reach. And the second one is to get more engagement. But when you share a link, what is your goal? If it's to your website especially, you're trying to get traffic to your website. So I want you to compare the link click data you're getting on these. So go ahead, split test. Try it. Continue trying it out with those um, uh, just text shares and the photo shares, but also try the old-fashioned way with the link share. Make sure you've got it optimized with the big thumbnail image and um, start finding out, okay, yes, maybe the reach is down for the link shares, but which one is generating the most traffic to your website? And um, let that guide you. Don't let other people tell you what to do. I, this, that's something I try to stress over and over and over. So that's 13. Compare link click data based on post type. And finally, 14. It shouldn't surprise you. This is my biggest pet peeve of all. So uh, define success without using reach, please. Okay. You know, 
I, I feel like I overreact to the other side of the overreaction on reach with everybody freaking out about it. Um, I don't, you know, I, I tend to make to, to make it sound like reach is completely worthless and doesn't mean anything. It's not entirely true. That said, I, I don't pay much attention to it. I really don't. It doesn't mean that much. If I'm still getting the same number of sales, if I'm still getting the same number of registrations, I'm still getting the same number of link clicks, it doesn't matter. It tells me that Facebook's still showing my stuff to the to the right people, even if it's not even if they're not showing it to the same number of people. And that's without even talk, you know, discussing the topic of whether that reach data is even accurate, which uh, is a topic I love to discuss. So essentially, I just want you to be more sophisticated this year in 2014 when it comes to talking about your stats. Um, I would love if on a regular basis I have conversations with people about how they're doing on Facebook and it's I never hear the word reach. And instead, not only that, they use words like engaged user, consumer, consumption, link click, conversions, registrations, awesome words that we need to get into our vocabularies. All right? Is that good? Um, I'm kind of parched. So raise your glass one more time. Cheers. Oh, man. All right. So um, I had to finish my beer there so that we can call in uh, our bar- bartender. Where's our bartender? Last call. All right, so I got our uh, tab from the bartender. I take care of you, my friend. Thank you once again for being my guest on the show. We went a little bit longer than normal, but um, there's a lot I wanted to cover. And, you know, before you go, I have a really big favor I need to ask you because one of my biggest goals of the year is to make this podcast the best, the best Facebook marketing podcast available. Not only that, I want it to be the best social media marketing podcast, quite frankly. And I know that's, there's a lot of competition there, but you got to shoot high. And one way I need to reach that goal is by having fewer people listening to this on my website and more listening to it on iTunes, because that's really where it spreads. So do me a favor. If you're listening to this on iTunes right now, rate it. I've been stuck on 18 reviews, rate ratings for the longest time, and I have five stars. I need more ratings, so please um, provide a rating. If you want to provide a review, too, that would be great. Uh, otherwise, if you're not listening on iTunes, do it next week. Or, you know, even, even start listening to uh, this same episode again on iTunes just to give me that quick download. Or listen to it next week. Try to make it an effort, make an effort to listen to it there next week all right so um once again thank you so much um it's you know i i get kind of uh, emotional talking about um you know where where i've come from and you know just how things have progressed and and you know when i was in vegas and I, this is going to end up being a longer episode than i thought but when i was in vegas you know being able to tell my story again to people um, it just makes me realize, you know, how, how much people do connect to that and the fact that, look, I'm not classically trained. 
I don't even really consider myself a marketer. I didn't get into this knowing what I was doing. I really had no clue what I was doing. I failed repeatedly, um, but I failed fast. And, um, you know, there are a lot of lessons I learned along the way. Some I can share at a later date. But the uh, fact of the matter is, you know, if, if, if I can push through to the point that I'm at now, and I'm by no means um, at the finish line, um, seriously, just you can do it too. I know you can. So keep working hard. 2014 is going to be a huge year for both of us. And until next time, do awesome things. Come out. Thank you.